Boom, what up? Hello, bonjour, and hola, real leaders. This is Kevin Edwards, your host here, and I am so excited. You're tuning in to one of our amazing experiences. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, real, and loaded with inspiration, guaranteed to support your impact journey. So sit back, enjoy the listen, folks, share a review afterward, and always keep it real. Hey everybody, Brad Stevens here, founder and CEO of Outsource Access. We help companies redefine how they scale with offshore affordable staff from the Philippines. Congrats to all fellow winners of the 2023 Real Leaders Impact Awards. We are proud to be among you. About 10 years ago, I woke up to a major growth problem in my last business. Cash was tight, staff was overwhelmed, and tasks were not getting done. Then I discovered the world of offshore virtual staff in the Philippines where English is their second language, so there is no communication or culture gap. I realized outsourcing wasn't just call centers, it was access to college-educated Filipinos to support sales, marketing, operations, customer service, bookkeeping, personal tasks, and more. And in fact, the first woman I hired in the Philippines at 23 is now an award-winning COO of our entire company. It inspired me to launch Outsource Access. One client and YPO member, Ali Jamal, shared their offshore virtual staff Edison automated processes and saved them over 50000 per year in the first few weeks. It's about finally getting things done and staff focusing on higher value activities. We've grown by over 2,000% in just three and a half years and will double next year. To receive a complimentary outsourcing playbook customized for your industry and to connect with one of our team here at Outsource Access, just visit RedefineScale.com. That's RedefineScale.com or text the word SCALE to 770-954-8440. Two months after hiring my first staff, she sent me a picture of shoes she bought for low-income children because of the opportunity. And now we support thousands of families and the environment with United Nations SDG projects. I'm proud we've grown with impact. To learn more, visit RedefineScale.com. In five, four, three, two, and one. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of The Really Just Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards, and joining us today, folks, is the wise and wonderful Miss Jen Lim, the CEO and co-founder of Delivering Happiness, also the author of Beyond Happiness. Jen, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here, Kevin. Of course. These are always questions and interviews I really look forward to because happiness is a topic that everyone is searching for, uh, whether no matter who you are, that's kind of the search for meaning in life, happiness. And that's really where I want to start today, Jen, is, is, is your experience with happiness. Where do you find happiness in your life? Uh, where do I personally find it? Oh, it's such a subjective thing. That's why I think happiness is such an interesting topic. Um, so for me, I've come to find that happiness comes from me just feeling truly like I'm truly being myself, like authentic to the core. Um, <clears throat> and when I'm living according to, I have a set of values and basically it's authenticity, as I said, freedom and people. And so if I'm living by those on a day-to-day -day basis, like I don't have to be happy from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep. It's like, I know it's impossible. I mean, that's just not realistic, but I know I'm living a meaningful life a fulfilling one if I'm living according to those near and dear values to me. So that's what makes me happy. 
And Jen, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs will come on this show and <clears throat> many of them, almost all of them are social entrepreneurs. Maybe they had a moment in their life when they kind of realized, what am I doing with my time here on earth? Did you have a, a similar experience and what really prompted you to do a lot of the research and the writing into why it's so important to live a happy life? Yeah, I, uh, I definitely had those moments um, many times along the way. And I think those questions of, you know, existential shit, right? Like, I hope it's okay to cuss, but existential shit that we all go through. And I think the biggest time it hit me was when I got laid off from the dot-com boom, when 9-11 happened and my dad got diagnosed with stage three colon cancer all in like around one year. So I was like, what the, you know, this is, I was chasing the money title status. Didn't mean that much, uh, especially when, you know, he passed and I was, I had to ask myself, you know, ultimately what is this all for? So that's what got me interested in the topic, not necessarily about happiness yet. Um, but I got interested in, you know, if I'm not wanting to chase these things that are so ephemeral, then what is it that I can live um, knowing I won't regret any day that passes? So that's when I started not even naming it, you know, values and all that stuff. But fast forward, stumbling upon this body of work called positive psychology and science of happiness. Um, Marty Seligman, the godfather of positive psychology. And at that time, there was just more and more data being um Pump, like pumped out uh, into the science of happiness. And that was really intriguing. Um, my co-founder, Tony Shea, was also very intrigued by this stuff. And so that's how we kind of went on this path and realized that, look, there are actually scientific things that can help define what happiness is. And that comes to um, senses of autonomy, senses of control, uh, senses of progress, and senses of connectedness meaningful relationships, but the most ultimate form of sustainable happiness happens to be purpose. What am I doing that's bigger than myself? So that's what got me super intrigued because I was asking all these existential questions without knowing there was already data and research behind it. And then I started kind of marrying those things together of like, what can life be? And specifically, what can work be um, in a more happy slash more meaningful I'm actually kind of hesitant to say happy anymore, especially because we've been through so much crap in the last three years, but more fulfilling life. Well, I love that. It seems like you've really married your values with your, your skill set and your experience and, and the passion that you have. You know, a lot of the leaders that come on this show, they're impact leaders. They've asked them themselves the question, you know, how can I have a greater impact? not just growing just to grow their business for more money, but growing to, to make a difference in the world. How can leaders in your experience really tap in to your writings and to finding more meaning and more purpose to unlock productivity and growth to make a larger impact in, in the world? I think, I think this is a very timely question because you know this has been a question that existed before we got 2020'd. And I think now that we all have, um, it's actually, even if you knew what your purpose was before 2020 BC, before COVID, I think it's time to visit it now. Um, does it stand the swift test? Does it stand your day-to-day, -day, am I living this test? 
Um, I think it's so important because what I realized, especially since 2020, is that the more real we can get with ourselves, and that's, you know, it's hard for entrepreneurs to be, you know, we talk about our strains, but it's hard to talk about our shadows. You know, it's hard to talk about our blind spots. And that's, I think, what 2020 on the silver lining side did for us is like, how can we get more real with ourselves, really put that mirror up to the fa our face, and then let that authenticity come. And then I think that's how this purpose we have to change the world, to change our community, whatever it is, is gonna be that much more impactful because it's truly coming from within. Like no hold far, this is me within. And that's when I think you see the difference between, I, I don't know why this is, well, maybe because this was in the headlines lately, but Theranos um, and how, you know, like, purpose-driven people and companies can come off to be amazing, but then you got to ask, how are you doing it? Um, am I doing it in a way behaviorally, according to my values, and aligned with what is being perceived? So I think it's a good time to revisit all that, like right now. That's interesting. So is your message to leaders, I guess maybe one of, one of many, is one of your messages to leaders to foster a culture of being open, foster a culture of showing up as you are? And if so, what do you recommend? Yeah, I, I definitely feel like it's important to create an environment where people can feel authentic. And this one's a big one now since 2020 and have a sense of psychological safety. Like we've been hearing this term a lot because Google had this great study called the uh, Aristotle Project. They wanted to find out what makes the most effective teams in Google. Longitudinal study, I think it was over three years, 30,000 plus employees. And what they found was kind of surprising. It wasn't you know, having the best manager. It wasn't having the best software. It was having psychological safety. So I think as leaders, especially today, you know, there's so much change going on. You can talk about hybrid versus remote, you know, all that stuff, but that's just, that's just click downs on what's actually what's going on. People want to show up and be real. You know, they want to know they're living their lives in a more meaningful way, prioritized because, you know, <laughs> we all thought it might be gone for a sec. So I think as leaders, we create that psychological safety yourself with the values in place, because, you know, we can't have everyone like running around, like doing their own thing. Um, that's what I think people, uh, you know, we talk about retention and, and getting and attracting the right people. I think if the, you're the leader that's actually being true to them yourself, then that's the actual people that will be attracted to want to stay with you. Interesting. Yeah. Jenna, this is making me think of another question. Um, seems like you've spent a lot of time thinking about this, interacting with a lot of leaders, a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, and I'm sure you've, you've probably found that um, earlier stage entrepreneurs and maybe later stage, um, really wrap their identity in their business, um, where it's yeah. very difficult for them to, maybe the word is detach from, mm. from their business and their mistakes. What's your experience with this? And, and how have you seen leaders, I guess, navigate this difficult challenge? Yeah, such a good question too. Um, so I'll give you an example during COVID, there was a CEO founder that sold his company and, you know, 
it was a really good run trajectory, did what exactly what he wanted to do. He had just sold it. And I saw him in a conference and he was just like, he was, he didn't look happy at all. And what he was realizing is that he like, I just lost my whole identity because I sold my company. And the fact that he had that awareness was pretty cool. The fact that he was pretty like sad and down after he sold his company was not cool. But his reality was, I just tied up my whole existence in this company and I realized it's not really all of me. And I think that's a good reminder for all of us that we are not our companies. Our companies are not us. We're like obviously very attached to them, but it shouldn't be our identity. I'll give you a really like practical example. Like our calendar, the time we spend in our day should not be dictated by our meetings, should not be dictated by Google Calendar. Um, it should be dictated, dictated by who we are as an individual. And that's a slight change because we're like, oh, I got another meeting, another meeting. It's like, do you really? Like, is that really how you want to run, run your life? By the end, by the time it's over and look back and say, oh, I had a really full Google calendar. It's like, no, how would I choose to, and this is a big one, like self, you know, I don't know if like these four letter words of love and care, like self-love, self-care, especially for entrepreneurs that are so into their company, that if you don't take time to nurture your own greenhouse as you're trying to uh, grow others, as I say, um, it's not going to be sustainable, uh, no matter what you do to impact the world. So I think it's a big reminder right now of the greater goals of what we have for ourselves as individuals that will necessarily then impact the success of our company. Facts. Yeah, I really, I really like that perspective. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And um, one of the interesting topics that, again, is just popping into my head as you're speaking is uh, this concept of flow, this concept of when time doesn't really seem to exist, you know, a lot of people think that leaders aren't following anything. And a lot of leaders are following signs, uh, uh, signs of just energies, times, frequencies that are out in the world that really attracts them and like, yeah, this is, this is where I need to go. This concept of flow, Jen, what's your experience been like this and what really gets you into the flow state? Concept of, oh yeah, your your questions are nice and multi-layered. So yeah, we can apologize. Yeah. No, don't apologize. I love, I love deep diving in short amounts of time. Um, that's what also makes me happy. Um, so flow is a concept that was uh, conceived by Chick, make, hi, Chick, Chick, set me high. I always stumble on his name. Yeah, that's and tough one. So, <laughs> so what he discovered was that if you can imagine, you know, your skill set on one line and your challenge, your own personal challenge on the other level of challenge, when they meet skill and challenge, that's when you're in a state of flow. Um, you know, when you're a basketball fan and Curry sometimes gets in a state of flow, but he wasn't last time. But so in that sense of like when you feel that's um that as you mentioned time's going by but you have no idea like it's just like um it, you're, you're getting to a different state and in a, in a lot of ways that's another form of happiness too so for me i get into that state without really trying to predict it or trying to plan for it as much i kind of just chunks in my calendar um, 
just so I can maybe get into this state. Because if you force it too much, it's not really going to get there. But like, if I want to write, I just put write, but I don't say what it is yet. You know, like what I want to do to perhaps get in that state. But thinking along those lines of strengths, I'm sorry, skills and challenge and in your own personal life, you know, what is it that you want to try and get into that flow? It could be anything. And um, that's how I um, manage to get there from time to time. And I like what you're saying about like productivity, time management, schedules, how to create that space for you. Of course, leaders want to make sure they're in the best state of mind to make the, the proper decisions. Um, what's been your experience again, like trying to get in that, that mind state? Do you do meditation? Do you have an outlet? What's, what's been working for you? Yeah, not to be cliche, but I'm so into meditation right now, like mindfulness meditation or just simply breathing. Mm. Um, got into it like a couple of years ago now. And the whole thing, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be meditation. The thing is, though, you got to you got to test it out. All these variations of what can get you into that state. And unless you're testing it, then you don't really know the value of, you know, what it is going to give you before you want to get into that you know, strategy session or a creative session or whatever it is that you want to do. So I just highly recommend, you know, rinse, wash, repeat, all these different things that are out there right now. Like someone's meditation is different from someone's massage or someone's walk around the park is different from like a 10 mile, you know, run. All these different modes of our own, um, you know, getting into our own central core self uh, and opening up to possibilities and having that beginner's mindset is so important in these things. But I just highly recommend to test these different modalities of what might get you there and you'll find it. And it's pretty awesome because you'll be able to, you know, weave that into your routine or behaviors or or whatnot. But um, that's all part of nurturing your own greenhouse. I, I like that. I like the the beginner's mindset aspect to that as well. And and being in a, a curious state, or I guess a constant state of curiosity. Let's talk about beyond the beyond happiness. You know, after writing this this novel, what were the takeaways for you, and and how can we all package everything that we've talked about today into summarizing what people should get out of Beyond Happiness? Wow. Uh, just a quick correction. It's not a novel because it's actually not fiction. So if you're looking uh, for apologies. fiction, not Beyond Happiness. <laughs> um, so just to frame it up, like Beyond Happiness, I signed that contract to write the thing uh, January 2020. And if y'all go back to 2020 BC, every freaking other week there was a headline that just changed the freaking world and so and it was due by the end of the year so the outline I had was like I had it I was like oh this is freaking crap and I didn't realize I was doing a beginner's mindset right there because it just didn't feel relevant anymore because the world was changed was changing so by the end of it you know I started writing a book about all the success stories of what happiness can mean in organizations and by the end of it I was like, wait a minute, like, is it really what I mean? Is it the happiness state? Um, and by the end of it, I realized like, it's actually more, it's beyond because it's not just chasing those highs. Um, it's actually understanding your lows and embracing them at the same time. It's cliche, but you won't really know your highs until you get to your lowest of lows and sit with them, have a conversation with them, like, you know, be with them instead of sweeping them under the rug. 
So that was how it turned to Beyond Happiness because it really is about not living a happy day every day. It's living a more fulfilling one and meaningful one because we'll be that much better at embracing these things we cannot control and um, know that what we can control is how we react to it. And this word came up the other day I really, really love um, and how to be dauntless in, in this time because we got to be as much as we can. So that's, uh, it's a very organizational book, like it was for workplaces and all that stuff. But as uh, after it came out, um, I really felt how people were receiving it for their lives. And the metaphor I use about greenhouses, because in the past, 2020 BC, we said, oh, Tony and I would talk about greenhouses as leaders. We want to grow greenhouses so that, you know, we don't have to be the tallest tree or the biggest plant, but they have the elements to grow. Makes sense. But then all this shit happened. And I realized there's a very big missing part of that statement is that, yes, we want to grow other greenhouses, but we also need to nurture our own too. It's like the whole oxygen, you know, metaphor in the airplane, put your mask on first, very counterintuitive. And we forgot because we didn't fly for three freaking years, but you know, here we are now. So I think that's what people have been receiving from the book, which has been really cool to see that it's like, oh yeah, it is actually time to take those times, take the moment to realize uh, how I can nurture my greenhouse too. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I, I've had people tell that to me as well. You can't take care of your team. You don't take care of yourself. Uh, Jen, in, in, in all of this conversation today and all of this energetic and, and fun speak rule number three, of course, we covered today. We hit that one, that nail in the head. In all of this, <laughs> what is your definition of a real leader? Oof. Uh... I think I said this word a few times already, but authentic, um, aware. I think that one's a really big one right now. Um, I think authentic and aware. And I think going back to, you know, kind of rounding up to where you and I have started this conversation of being open <laughs> with the beginner mindset, not pretending you know the answers because you obviously don't. Um, I think that's, in terms of like today's society, that's like some of the best leaders I know. Amazing. Well, Jen, thank you so much for sharing the wisdom here on the Religious Podcast today. For Jen Lim, I'm Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there, be authentic, aware, open, and always keep it real. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. Hey, Releaders, thanks again for listening to this amazing episode. And if you're someone like me who goes all the way to the end just to make sure I can extract as much information, education, and inspiration out of every single interview, might I suggest you check out our magazine. If you go online to Releaders.com today, you're gonna get the first 30 days for free where you're gonna be able to access all of our magazines 
courses and live events from some of the top thought leaders around the world. All you have to do is go online to realleaders.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner to get your free 30-day trial right now. Again, that's real-leaders.com. Thanks again for being a real leader and always keep it real.